Hey there, welcome to episode 45 of the Better With Running podcast. I am Matt Davey and I'm excited to be back chewing the fat with my great mate and fellow Run to PB coach, 30-25-10K runner on the track, Zaka, back at Steigen 10K. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Matty. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, it uh, brings me back to the, the day of uh, getting on the track. I was out there this week and uh, watching a, a 10,000 metres on the track out at Collingwood, which we'll chat about a bit later. But um. Yeah, watching the guys go around, I I wasn't particularly inspired myself to throw the um throw the spikes back on. Although I could have worn the uh the, the super shoes in that race, but uh, yeah, actually we we must have done our last ten k together, I reckon, on the track. Yeah, um, we did. That was that was that race. You got me. You got me by a good twenty or about eighteen seconds or so about the home straight. I reckon I, I could see you up ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you had a blinder that night. We'll have to um. We'll have to try and get it another 10k head to head on the track at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I agree. I'm not sure about the spike situation. I don't think the calves are going <laughs> to hold up to that sort of force going through them for that amount of time. But um, yeah, yeah. good to line up back on the track for a 10k one day. For sure, mate. Well, big episode again, mate. We um, yeah, I caught up earlier with um with fellow podcaster, run to BB athlete John Cox. Um, he's actually coached by Brady, who is the, as we all know, and, and Brady likes to tell us, the guru of uh, running podcasts with, with his popular Inside Running podcast. And um, yeah, I, I no doubt they're sharing some uh, tips, or he's sharing some tips to uh, John about his podcast. So yeah, it was great to catch up with him. It's, um, it's a great show. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to um, John, John Cox's um, podcast. He's got a few, um, a few mates on there, and, he, and actually he's got his partner on there as well. Um, called the single malt marathoners um they actually drink some whiskey while they're um <laughs> talking and running so i think they've uh they've, they've uh clearly worked that one out mattress maybe we've got to um take it take a leaf out of their book yeah agree. you might have to up our game i was just having a hydrolyte before um uh, <laughs> it's, it's not as exciting as some uh yeah some some fine whiskeys um yeah. <laughs> so yeah no, that, that was a yeah had a, had a good chat and um, yeah it was great yeah we um yeah it was um yeah i think <clears throat> getting a chance to chat to uh, to also um someone who's or, or i guess we're in the clear with COVID in terms of you know races coming on i say that now that <laughs> brisbane's gone into a three-day lockdown but um you know we've got races and it was quite interesting to hear how um how john's going he's over in bristol in england west you know, sort of west england and um yeah, had to endure and still is, uh, you know, the restrictions on, you know, running in groups and um, races. He's formulated some, you know, a time trial, which we'll, which you'll hear about in the interview, which, which went unbelievably well. And um, yeah, so it's a, it was, it was a great interview and um, good to chat to someone on the other side of the globe. But Maddie, um, before we go to that interview, how you been tracking the last couple of weeks? I know we had Dane on last week. We didn't really um, get into where we were at with our, with our training towards the Gold Coast Marathon, um, been pumping out a few half marathon base workouts. I see on Strava. 
Yeah, yeah, I have been. Uh, we've got, uh, what, six days before Hobart half. Um, mm. So, yeah, I've sort of dialed into quite a few specific sessions around half marathon. Um, and even, yeah, I... I I was, uh, it's an early start. I'm pretty sure it's 6.30 yeah. and it's, um, that's something fairly foreign to me to be running uh, that hard at that time of the morning. So I, um, yeah, decided to, to get out. I think I was on a Tuesday morning to get out. It woke up at about 5.30 and it was out the door at about six, did a quick 20 minute shuffle warm up, and then, yeah, got into six by one minute heels with a, with a 10 minute tempo after. Uh, yeah, just to practice running hard at that time in the morning and yeah. again, making sure the body's adjusted to it. Because, you know, it's not just about getting um, the time in on the legs and, um, and yeah, hitting specific paces and specific mileage. There's a lot more to it. And so, yeah, one of those things that I wanted to do was was have a bit of a crack at a, at a morning session and, and, you know, practice a little bit of food um, before the session and things like that um, just to make sure the body's adjusted for it. So... In terms of a race day or even this session, do you get up um, a few hours before? I mean, it's tough, tough on a on a you know working week to get up at four a.m. But like say with your race at six thirty at Hobart, what what would your plan be for for race day? Yeah, I'll get up probably a couple hours before the race. Uh, try to get something. You know, it'll be something very light. Um, I mean, I'm not like a marathon, pretty different to a marathon where you're going to yes. try to get something a bit more substantial into your body, um, you know, good, probably four hours before the race. But And, and a lot is it about, um, some people can do a lot close to the race. So I try to get around four hours. Um, yeah. Yeah, but this one, like I still like to get something, um, eat something. I don't want to go in there with my stomach grumbling and and wanting to so some having some food. So I'll probably just have, yeah, get up a couple hours earlier, have a piece of toast and jam, maybe half a banana and then yeah just before my warm-up i usually have some sort of a goo um yeah just to top it up and, and it's got a little bit of caffeine in it as well um yeah and i'll have a coffee just to um get the stomach going and uh make sure i'm not having to stop on on the way around um yeah around hobart and find a portal Actually, just when you mentioned caffeine and um in the coming episodes we got sent some caffeine bullets to uh some energy chews that are infused with caffeine or caffeine chews essentially and uh yeah lucky enough to be sent some um some some chews to try out i, I tried them out during the week and uh i've got to pass on your your little shipment matt and uh you can you can have a crack at those and get we'll, we'll chat about that down the track down uh in future episodes but uh yeah caffeine in a different format, which, you know, makes it better for some people. So, yeah, interesting that you mentioned you, you have the caffeine in there. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to trying that. I, I'm not sure if I'll try it before the race. It'll be something probably. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I like to try things, yeah, before, uh, like a training. In sessions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in sessions just to make sure they sit well, not not have anything yeah. new on the day. Um, yeah, that I, I, I thought, like, this session, uh, I find – Anytime I run over hills, it's going to be, it's hard work. Um, so it was a good session to try in the morning um, because, yeah, it doesn't matter. You kind of let the hill do the work and it you know, almost doesn't matter what pace you're going up there as long as you're holding your form. It's, it's going to be a good workout um, in itself. So, yeah, that was one of the one of the ones that I, I'd done leading up to yeah. half. Um, and Matty, one- are these, <clears throat> sorry, Matt, are these 
um, mattress hills or actual hills? Yeah. You, you've copped a Gosh. bit of a bake in the past. With, um, and I was there for that hill session. And, and actually, that um, you finished editing that YouTube video that will probably go live this week um, with our hill session. Same spot or did you, did you go somewhere else? No, nah, this one's a little bit more, a little bit steeper, this one, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, the other hills is, uh, the other hill I've got to drive to um, around, yeah, just out the yeah. front of the reservoir. This one's a little bit steeper and a bit more closer to, a bit closer to home um, okay. and is a, is a bit more intense for that, for that one minute. I'm not exactly sure how much it climbs. I can't actually remember. Um, yeah. Could be maybe 20 metres-ish um, in the one minute rep. Um, yeah, so I think, it's a, it's a bit further or a bit, um, a bit, uh, hard, uh, the gradient's a little bit more compared to the ones yeah. that we did yeah, the other day. Um, yeah. yeah so, and, and it was pretty dark out there at the time. And yeah, I think the garbage truck was rolling around and yeah, <laughs> a, few, a few interruptions, but, um, yeah, it got there in the end. Nice no, one. Um, and how did the tempo go? Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, well, I always find with the session like that, is you can't you get quite lactate um, quite a bit of lactate buildup in the one minute reps, uh, so that when you come off the back of the six, it's still pumping around your um, around your blood, and so you're sort of feeling it still, and you're trying to get rid of it. So yeah, that ten minute tempo always starts a little bit sluggish, uh, but I find after sort of one to one and a half k, uh, I get back get into it. Um, get rolling a bit quicker and yeah, get a bit more rhythm going um, because yeah, it, it feels like your body's actually, it's at a pace in which your body can um, remove that lactate. So um, yeah, it just took a few minutes to get into it and then it was fine. So, and at that time in the morning, yeah, it was, was a good workout to, um, yeah. to practice that sort of feeling, that uncomfortable feeling. Straight um, onto the chalk after that. Yeah, straight on on the chalk after that. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was yeah, a bit of a so, rush uh, that morning. Big day, yeah. And then Arvo run as well? Yeah, Arvo run as well. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so, that's a good day in the books there. Yep, yep. And then, yeah, I, I took it easy the next day uh, because I had to get out for Thursday morning, which was a bit bit more pro-hour-ish morning. I think it was maybe <laughs> 8 o'clock. Um, yeah. I met another uh, runner down this way, uh, Karina who yeah was also keen to to meet up and do this session where we go out for just 50 minutes uh warm-up so a bit of an extended warm-up than the normal 20 uh just to get a little bit more time and fatigue in the legs and then yeah roll out uh five by one k um alterations where going a bit faster than uh around threshold and then a bit slower than threshold um i think it came out to around 320 pace so what that yeah mean? well for the whole session. So I was happy, yeah, to um, get that session under the belt. And that was probably the best I've felt for, for quite some time in that session. Um, and I, like, I remember, um, yeah, I think it was about an hour 45 total um, for mm. the session. So it was good. Yeah, big big time on feed and, and um, yeah, hitting those paces and you, you'd see the splits on your Strava. Yeah, just in a really good rhythm. Um, on the ons and then yeah just cruising back at 3 30 so yeah cracking one and um quite a bit of kudos going on and some comments uh in the strata which is always a good thing mate so uh yeah, yeah. 
it isn't it isn't because like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're like oh let's just pump out a massive session and i'll get heaps of kudos uh, yeah. and, you know you go out and do like you know a shorter session that's uh you know got got as much worth as much value in it but you don't get as much kudos um but yeah, i definitely try not to not to look at that but i do notice that you know if you if you pump out a good long run or yeah hit a big session like that you do find you get a might get a couple more comments or a couple more yeah. kudos coming your way no, that's fine uh, big week though that was so that was last week uh, two weeks ago was that yeah, two weeks ago. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think it was rounded out at what 140, 138k. Yeah, 138. Yeah, yep. Yeah, 138k that week. And yeah, I think. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I was starting to really come back after being sick um, and feeling good that week. So, yeah, and then yeah, this last week I uh, got a couple more sessions in, um, and yeah, I think what was one on Tuesday was. Uh, three by two k, and then uh, six by four hundred, and that was yeah working. I, I wanted to get something a little bit quicker in the four hundred, so I guess it was probably more three k five k pace, um, and then the two k's were around. I guess around for focusing about just quicker than half marathon pace before then. Yeah, getting into a, a session that was more two by fifteen minutes um, with one minute jog in the middle. At yeah, more specific half marathon pace well goal half marathon pace yeah. anyway yeah no mate this so, is um it's a really good block you're in and the mileage is there the sessions are coming out nicely must must be exciting now to sort of have a your sort of mini taper into this this weekend yeah i've probably come off uh the weekend a little bit more fatigued than i thought or that i hope i probably would have been yeah so i'll actually probably put in a, a fairly fairly good taper uh, leading into Hobart. Um, yeah, just did 50, easy 50 minutes today when I'd normally do like 60, 30 or something like that. Um, mm. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll pop out a session on Wednesday. Um, yeah, working at some specific half marathon pace um, and a bit of support paces around that. So some tempo pace, like I think it was got down seven minutes, tempo, two by three minutes, um, and then some faster reps, 400s and 200 to finish off on Wednesday. So it's a, it's a, a taper session that I like to do. Um, yeah, it keeps all the systems active and um, hopefully it leads me into feeling good on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Got a time goal or is it more just to get a half with um, you know, a strong, hard run in and, and whatever happens sort of happens time-wise? Time yeah, that's probably more the <laughs> mindset I've got at the moment. Um I've what, PB is 6850, let's say four. I don't exactly I know it's 50 something um, in the seconds. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I'll be in that sort of shape to get a PB, but yeah, I just want a good strong run. Um, yeah, leading into Gold Coast as Gold Coast is the main goal for yeah, this this year, I guess. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking forward to getting down to Hobart and um, hopefully there's a couple others around, um, yeah, around the time that I'm running and can sit in a bit of a pack and, um, yeah, have a good run down there, have a good strong run. Mm, no, it'll be uh, very, very exciting to, to follow along and see where you're at. And, and I guess it just, um, yeah, gives you a, a point to um, you know, have a little bit of a taper, have a crack and then reset and, and get back into another, another block as we head towards Gold Coast and obviously other races before that. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. They'd have a bit of a, a bit of a break after this, like reset. Um, probably at least a week and a half of easy jogging, maybe if I'm feeling all right. Uh, hit a session, yeah, towards the end of the second week after the race, and yeah, we have a bit of a trip around Tassie as well. Uh, I've got ten days there after after the race, backs onto school holidays. Um, so yeah, pretty fortunate uh, that the that the races, yeah. Ends up yeah, being nice. a bit of a what do they say, runcation or something like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, for sure, mate. Um, no, like we did in Chicago, New York. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, this is as close as we get to going uh, overseas, going to Tassie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. No, looking forward to it. Love Tassie. It's a great spot. It is. And how about you, mate? You've been uh, you've had a bloody good week, mate. Um, yeah, a couple of good sessions, and I know you've had the the trip up to Sydney, which broke it up a little bit, might have um, reduced the mileage, but yeah, you got the quality in there. Yeah, um, had a good couple of weeks. Uh, the week before, was able to sort of top out with biggest mileage I've done for a while because I've sort of been slowly edging it up and was able to. I think um, I think I hit 123k according to Strava. Um, in the preceding week, yeah, which um, yeah, I've been over 120 for years, so nearly slowly big, sort of hitting it. Nearly, What's that, sorry? Nearly big boy case. Yeah, getting there. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, just just been, you know, slowly chipping away with a few doubles in there and getting that longer run out now. So, um, you know, now, now at the stage where I've kind of put two or three hour, hour 45s together and I'll, I'll keep increasing those, um, you know, through through April and we'll be in the two hour mark and, you know, even midweek runs starting to, to get pushed out a little bit as well. So um, I'm happy with, with how the body's responding to the, to the extra mileage and then session wise, yeah, being able to sort of lob a couple of extra reps or a bit longer. So things are getting out towards more of that 30, 35 minute mark for, for sessions than um, I guess previously in that 10 K specific um, block, you know, 5k 10k it's more of that 25 minute mark 20 to 25 minutes really for um the sessions uh the you know the intensity of the sessions so yeah a um, couple of sessions that are in, in the same vein as you mate some uh, half marathon sort of specific stuff like this three by three k um i'll start to head out even further to four or even five at one point um you know as we head towards the marathon block so yeah, that was uh, it was a good week that one, and then yeah, this week I was oh, sorry last week, yeah, a little bit of a change up having to head up to Sydney for work. So it always I, I sort of scheduled it almost a not so much a down week, but just just being careful with um, I guess as runners we're all a bit uh, we have our routines and you know and changing around things and and you know not running at the same time as I usually do. I ended up having the Wednesday off because I knew I was sort of going to be, um, it was going to be sort of all day in a trade show and flying and all the rest of it. So I decided to have that one off. But Tuesday was the day I was flying in the Arvo. So I actually got out in, at a, again, it's, it's an odd time for me to train is at sort of 11, 30, 12 o'clock during the day and do a session. And it was, um, Sort of had that time window. I was like, I'm going to get it, get it in before the flight. And you know, I, I planned to go a bit earlier. Things got in the way and ended up getting out at that time. And it was starting to rain and it was a bit yuck out there. I was like, oh, geez, do I do I not uh, do a run? And it's um, 
the timing was that actually one of our um, uh, there'd been some news come through the club about one of our um, our sort of legends of the club, Tim Thomas, who yeah, unfortunately was going through some pretty tough time in hospital, and yeah, there was a, there was a bit floating around with the club as to yeah his health and um, yeah, he's a guy, and um, unfortunately yeah he um, he passed away during the week, and um, yeah I, I know from. Tim, he was, and I know some of the listeners who are Melbourne Uni and, and some of the AV so would would you know would know of Tim around around AV events. And the one thing about Tim is he he was a hard trainer and he had that spirit and dedication. And that he would not he was one man that would have said you know <laughs> basically you're soft if you're getting out if you're not going to go out there because it's raining, then uh, you got to harden up sort of thing. And um. He did come to mind that day, and I was like, "Yeah, I've got to get out of here because TT would not be happy if I if I shirked at a session because of the rain." Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, and you you'd know, Maddie, around club scenes that these guys who they're there, the first there to put up the tent, um, always encouraging um, other you know athletes of all abilities. You know, when I started. Um, I actually, you know, was getting back into running and Tim sort of was, you know, first to kind of um, show me the ropes and um, yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, it was really sad that he, of his passing, but yeah, these, these clubs are built on these guys who would just go and do all the, a lot of it was unnoticed too, you know, he's sort of pretty humble about the way he went about it. So yeah, that was sort of, um, it was pretty sad news during the week to hear. And yeah, so that was sort of um, obviously, um, yeah, Dave P, who he's a fellow run to BB coach and a, a Melbourne Uni, a Melbourne Melbourne Uni athlete, he wrote a really good, um, you know, a really touching piece, which is on the website, and I'll, I'll share that link because I, I know a lot of the running community uh, do know of Tim. But yeah, that aside, um, I guess yeah, going back to where I was, you sort of get that session done and um, head up to Sydney and had that day off, and we're sort of then back to doing some easy running before trying to get going again on us for a session on Saturday. And uh, yeah, met up with Dave P and we actually did a 10 minute tempo into some fart leg and it was your, your fart leg mattress, uh, MD fart leg, which um, yeah, just tick some boxes in terms of doing that running on heavy legs. So kind of banging the legs up a bit over that 10 K tempo, having a short rest and then into some, some quicker, harder stuff which are you know like a, a three minute effort in there two minute and, and some one so something i haven't done a lot of and and just good to to get some gear changes in there as well yeah you know, i think tt would be pretty impressed with the way you ran that 30 minute tempo there sucker um <laughs> well, you finished it off seventh k 312 um and then into a 323 then a 316 yeah i was when you um sent that one through it was, <laughs> yeah. I was mining. Yeah, the tempo. Yeah, that te- that tempo loop I've been using. I use it sort of prior to the Launceston tan, and I, I kind of like to push it out to twenty. I sort of start at twenty and then out to twenty five, and now thirty, and you know I'll probably get out to a, um, eventually do a forty minute tempo. I think, and um, yeah, just. I think with these longer tempos, it does teach you, particularly the marathon, is that the waves of almost emotions, both you know, physical emotion, uh, physically and also mentally, the emotions that you get through when you're doing longer efforts at pace. You know, when you're not 
you've got to dial in. There's some rough patches. I know even in that one early on, I was like, yeah, I'm not not really in the headspace of this, not feeling it. And then you kind of get through it. And then like a marathon, you go through those little rough patches. And I think the tempos, the longer tempos really, um, really get you hardened up for those. For the and is there anything you focus on when you're, because um, yeah, like you say, you, there are a lot of times that you will go through some bad patches, but you know that it could be a minute, it could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes later, you're going to come good again. Is there anything that you do to um, help you push through those sort of uh, patches that you go through? Yeah, definitely try to break it up. Just try to like focus and, and say, okay, let's get to this bridge or this landmark, um, focus on that and then just give myself a mental reset. Even if it's just um, shaking the arm, it's silly as it sounds, but giving the arms a shake and just sort of switching on and just say, okay, let's just lock in for another couple of minutes. And then, um, so yeah, there's a constant kind of games you're playing with yourself as well, sort of cutting deals or saying, hey, just get to, this point and then you can have a bit of a break because it's a little downhill section and you can just back it off again and then go again so that or yeah you, you do have to yeah lock in and whether it's uh you know visualizing you maddie ahead and saying well and matt's <laughs> matt's 100 meters up the road you better better get moving but um yeah it's it is just um yeah there's a few things that you kind of have to do and i find that that does help is um trying to break it up that way yeah, I think that's a, those ones are, are really good. And I, I definitely use those myself. And uh, another one I use is counting to 100 um, over a few a few times. And, and I know it's one that Paula Radcliffe used to use. Uh, yeah. and another one that Derek Clayton used to use was uh, focusing on his arms because like the legs, yes. are, the legs are suffering, but the arms are feeling mm-hmm. good. So just turn your attention onto the arms and um, you really try to focus hard on that and take the attention away from the legs and, yeah, those sort of those sort of things. It doesn't work for everyone, um, but like yeah. these sort of sessions that you're doing there, those thirty minute tempos are the perfect time to trial mm-hmm. it and see what works for you. And, and yeah, then then implement it in the race. Um, yeah, if it does. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to say to yourself, well, "Come on, it's only another you know five minutes. You've done mm-hmm. you know it's it's another eight minutes. Let's lock in for another one more rep of you know you do." Well, you might do four by five minutes and then it's just you break it down and go, okay, you can, you can do a five minute effort. And it's mm-hmm. not as hard as what you've been doing those reps at. So, um, yeah, it's just, that is a, that's a way to kind of um, negate that feeling. But yeah, all good mattress from my side. A long run yesterday. Um, got the hour 45 with a uh, good friend, uh, Al Fiala and, and Luke Bell, who's, who's helped us out with on, on running. Um, with the junior development squad and I uh, was chatting to Luke. He's actually doing Gold Coast. Um, so yeah, he's in a full full marathon block. So uh, there'll be a few more long runs with uh, with Luke. Past guests actually, Luke was, uh, mm. we interviewed Luke uh, last year. Yeah, um, yeah, and in the on running, those, those tops that I've seen, um, yeah, they look amazing. And yeah, actually they were featured. Uh, so we'll actually have that drop We'll the info on our website about the the new on elite singlet that we're going to launch we'll have uh, some some people that can order them and use them for the gold coast and other events but uh if you caught the the british marathon tries you would have mm-hmm. seen chris thompson who uh yeah. yeah he was in the on singlet, the on singlet. which was uh very cool uh yeah massive run for me like 39 years old and uh just a, a lazy 210 to uh to make the team that yeah, so impressive. Hey, well, it's good. And the celebration was uh, 
was, I was chatting to um, to John Cox in in the interview today about it, and um, he was absolutely fired up as as we all were watching that last uh, last mile. And speaking of other other races, mate, um, it's coming to a close. Turning our attention away from from the the road, there is coming to a close for the track season over here in in Australia. Um, well, there's still a couple more races to go, but where with many opportunities starting to run out, a lot of people headed out to the Collingwood Classic on Thursday night, and you were out there, um, yeah, cheering, supporting, and and probably having a nice hamburger. Yeah, yeah, I was. I um. <laughs> It was great, and another another really cool local inclusive event. Uh, we talked about the Tiger Five a couple of weeks ago. This is in the same vein, the Collingwood Athletics Club. I know uh, Campbell Maffert put uh, was was one of the one of the guys behind it, uh, and, a, and a, a big team effort with Collingwood, and they, they put on a cracking event. You know, having um, yeah, just that opportunity for like you said, you know, people who like we said previously were probably intimidated by the track or hadn't done 5k on the track or in this case it was a 10k uh, on the track available giving them a chance to, to get on and, and have a go in a, in a pretty relaxed and um, inspi- inspiring environment as well because you did have some um, some absolute heavy hitters going around including you know Sinead Diver was in the, mm. the women's 5k elite Liam Adams was in the 5k um, the Olympic uh, marathon representative um, so yeah it was uh, very cool to go down there and watch some racing and and some some huge performances from run to pb athletes yeah um, across yeah. both events yeah both events as well i know uh sarah who uh yeah raced her first 10k uh the zadapec b race and, and ran really well there and yeah she was excited from from that race and wanted to hit up another one on the track and yeah she was in the elite field uh, yeah, like you're saying, that star started the league field and, and she ran 19.16. That was a huge PB from her. And she, yeah, she, she just raced it really well. And um, she like didn't get caught up in the, the fast pace set out early. She ran her own race and, and finished strong and, and ran over the top of quite a few people. And yeah, it was, it was exciting to, to see that result pop up. Yeah, it was cool to see some athletes in the same race although with different coaches but um uh, like Livy Hughes was also in that race she had a PV I ran 18.33 so massive run from her and um yeah it was cool to see both of them um get around and, and score a PB and then one of our, uh, Jack Davies athletes actually ran a 57 second PB uh I think it's around 17.44ish I'm pretty sure it did um, yeah 17.44 17.44 and <laughs> And you, uh, you had to put down there, Zaka, that he was in the Melbourne Uni <laughs> colours. I did notice that when the pit popped up. Um, there was, yes. How did you, how'd you yeah. get that across the line? He's, um, yeah, he's a good signing. And, uh, yeah, he's he's ready to go for Gels Park. And I know um, Luke Bell, who's a, a, there's been rumours about Glenn Huntley trying to take him, but um, we've, we've <laughs> secured Luke. And, uh, yeah, I was doing a little bit of recruiting, actually, at the... Um, at the track so might have a few other ones off the back of that but um yeah great run for felix and yeah looking forward to uh to getting in a in a relay in a, in a team event with him in the av season and one of your athletes trivis Zaka, had another great run yeah okay happy hunting ground over in collingwood for Travis. he's um yeah was there at the tiger five 
cracked 22 for the first time and then uh, took another 11 seconds off the 5K again. And this time, uh, I think I, um, I may have called him out on air <laughs> not following the race plan. And he was adamant this week, he, this race he was, and he did and uh, executed it really well. And, uh, and, and there's more ahead for, for Traves, um, where he, he runs for Richmond Harriers. So he's got the Athletics Victoria season ahead, but uh, we've got a couple other races pegged out. So exciting to see how that's going to go for him this year. And uh, another one, uh, running the 5K was Dan Craig, 18.35. Um, and another one that you were yeah, <laughs> trying to um, approach across to Melbourne Uni. Yes, he's uh, he had a great run, yeah. He's um, yeah, getting going again after a bit of a break. And, yeah, good stuff from uh, from Dan. He's Yeah, he's he's uh, also in, in talks with the, uh, the recruiting division at Melbourne Uni. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and, and there was another, um, and in the 10K, Elliot uh, jumped on the track for the first time, 10K on the track, ran 38.50. He's coached by Brady, um, Elliot, and he is, um, we cross each cross paths around Gardner's Creek a fair bit. And yeah, so he's part of the Gardner's Creek running project. And uh, yeah, he, he managed to run a PV, which is exciting. And um, yeah, great stuff just to get on the track as well and, and, and try your hand over the, over the 25 laps it's not easy but it's a good experience if you can um if you can get around to it oh that's right and then and sammy you go. um yeah before we mention his result uh one of his athletes also named sammy um yeah. he's only 22 he is his first k uh five, first ever 5k on the track and yeah he was in the elite field also uh yeah mm. lining up against um you know, your, your Olympians, uh, Liam Adams, um, a great experience for him. And he ran 1640. Uh, yeah. So uh, it would have just been a, a, a great time for him to um, yeah see how those guys operate and get around. And, and I'm sure he would have learned a lot of things from, from that race. Yeah. He was, he was buzzing Sammy. Um, yeah. Great run. Not quite a PB, but um, a still a, a really good run in that environment because the, 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 the groups kind of fractured pretty early in that one and he still held it together and was, was smart and he's going to be, um, you know, it's a, it's a great experience to have under the belt. Um, and we might mention uh, a big shout out to Brady's athlete, Archie Reed, who he cracked out like a 14.29. So officially uh, it was conjecture about whether it's a PV or not, but I'm pretty sure it's an official PV now. I think he may have run a time trial in lockdown slightly quicker, but this is um, in a legit race so uh, yeah fantastic run from Archie I think Brady was pretty happy to knock him off though Zaka yeah he'll have uh, bragging rights around the, uh, yeah. the industrial estate and uh, <laughs> no doubt letting him know on the uh, on the long run how uh, how he uh, got got the chocolates yeah so Brady ended up running 1424 um, for fourth place it was a fantastic run um, and he was, yeah. he was very happy from because um, I know he's had a few um, what niggles with his hamstring and and a um, couple of starts and stops again. Um, and yeah, getting on the track for that race, it was, uh, yeah, it's exciting to see. And also Sammy McLean, Saka. Yeah, he, he won the battle of the um, the shoe dogs down at the Yarraville Running Company. He was taking on the boss, uh, Rad Fuller, and yeah, managed to get the win. And yeah, no doubt another one that's got the bragging rights uh, on the next run. So uh, yeah, great run from Sammy. And Brad was a touch over 17 minutes. Um, he's first 5K on the track. Um, he's obviously done a lot of running, a lot of marathons and 
to, to go down on the track and, and the 5K was, um, yeah, great running from those two and a good bit of um, friendly banter between the two of them. <laughs> and then how hey, um, Queensland, Zaka? Yeah, Maddie is a, well, there's a bit going on now with the uh, unfortunate uh, mm. news with, with a bit of a lockdown in place in Brisbane now for the next three days. But fortunately enough, um, the races got going over the weekend. And uh, yeah, some big results, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. And um, yeah, I had uh, one of Sammy McLean's athletes, Bettina, up there, who was lucky enough to win the pair of shoes from the running company. Yeah, from Yarraville. That was from the New Balance. Uh, yeah, the virtual run we had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's putting those to good use. And yeah, yeah. she got real close to cracking 40 minutes for the 10K. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Bit last K, she. Absolutely uh, flew home in a 350 last K. Yeah, 40.15 is the time that she ran. Mm. But, yeah, she what an improvement. She said, I, I remember um, we looked it up and um, thinking when she signed up, it was like a 45-minute 10K PB. So it's taken five minutes off um, end of 2019. So, um, yeah, amazing, amazing running from, uh, from her and, uh, yeah. Big kudos for that run. And then I had a, a couple of athletes. I had Pat Dell, um, who was also in the 10K. Yeah, he he was hoping to run under 36 minutes. And yeah, he absolutely nailed it, running 35-44. Um, yeah, he's been working exceptionally well, uh, putting in a great amount of effort um, and running smart as well, Zaka. He's, uh, he really knows how to read his body. And if he's a bit fatigued, he'll, he'll really pull his... Uh, easy runs back to make sure that the quality of his sessions is maintained um, and it's really working for him. Uh, yeah. So I was yeah, really pumped to see that result come through um, and he's yeah, building towards a half um, and then Gold Coast marathon as well. And yeah, then that's great stuff, Patty. I, I'm looking forward to catching up, up with him up the Gold Coast. I know we did it a few years back and uh, we did see him in, in Launceston uh, over a couple of gins and uh, I know Patty, um, He's also the podcast poster boy. I think we put out on socials. Um, pretty happy when he when the uh, when <laughs> when his mug gets uh, shown around on uh, on our socials. He usually sends us a message. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's us know about his royalty check and when that's on the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, and also um, another one of your athletes was in the half marathon up there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Katie Dell um, ran a PB in the half marathon as well. She had a 80 seconds um, taken off um, from her PB from last year's Jetty to Jetty wow. race. Um, yeah, yeah, an hour 26.35. So yeah, she, yeah. yeah, coming off the back of her, oh, we mentioned on last week's episode, yeah, she she um, placed third in a trail race, in her first trail race for a long time um, last weekend on the, the Sunday beforehand. So, yeah, during the week she was um, understandably a, a bit tired and a bit sore from the trail race. Um, but, yeah, she managed to, to really put it together on Sunday. We, we really sort of uh, backed it off during the week um, to make sure that she was going to be right for the race and, and had a real good hit out. Um, yeah, and she's progressing really well for uh, her sub three hour attempt at Gold Coast Marathon and only 14 weeks away. So, yeah, she's in a real good spot for that. Yeah, no, there's some excitement building with all these races, um, you know, in the next few months. And obviously next week we'll have, um, we'll have Hobart and then Canberra. So it'll be great to, 
to chat about that next week, Matty. You'll be able to give us the the on the ground report from uh, from Hobart. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to yeah the trip and and um, yeah catch up with people down there and yeah. So hopefully everything's all right up in uh, Brisbane. Um, mm. they're, what they're getting into a, a three day lockdown. Hopefully that. I know last time they they did this short uh, lockdown, it, it all um, yeah it ended up all right. Um, so yeah. Wishing everyone the best up there and hopefully all good. John Cox, welcome to the Better With Running podcast. How are you, John? All good, mate. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Really excited to, to be on the pod. Yes, it is. Uh, I know when we teed this up uh, a week or so ago, um, we were getting the time differences and then um, threw it out a little bit of whack with um, your clocks going forward. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great weekend connect. It's, uh, what time is it over there at the moment? Uh, it's nearly half past eight over here. So you've just woken up and we're <laughs> <dead>. <laughs> Yeah, that's all good. Um, yeah, great to, great to have you on. And, uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us. Um, you know, we... I guess when we started um, the podcast, Better With Running, uh, part of our goal was to bring bring some stories, interviews of, of everyday runners and runners in our community. And, you know, I guess also with yourself being based over in Bristol in England. Um, and then also yourself, actually, you're a fellow podcaster with the Single Malt Marathoners podcast, which uh, we'll chat about a little bit later. But I guess let's, um, let's firstly dive into your running and I know you joined Run to PB um, under the coach with, with coach Brady Threlfall back in August 2020 sort of bang in the midst of the, the pandemic but um, I guess just winding things back um, running's always been a part of your life or, or tell us about your running background. Um, I guess I properly got back into sport and back into running after the 2012 Olympics so this is probably a similar story for a lot of people, especially sort of British people with it being held here in 2012. Um, so my lifestyle was quite kind of, uh, quite still. I spent a lot of time watching the telly, uh, a lot of time focusing on work. And did, yeah, just didn't really take part in any sport whatsoever, really. But uh, was really inspired by by the Olympics, especially the the Super Saturday with uh, Mo Farah, Jess Ennis and Greg Rutherford. And um it was really, it was, it was in line with Strava becoming really big and really popular. Uh, it was a, it was a really big app for cyclists a few years beforehand, but runners were really starting to get involved with that. So, um, yeah, so I sort of downloaded the app on my phone and just started going out running and sort of used it initially as just like a fitness thing, really, just to kind of lose some weight and get in shape and, yeah, just from from there really, just every every week sort of went from one one run a week to two one runs a week to sort of starting to target times and starting to improve and starting to really really properly fall in love with the sport really. And was park run something that also was a was a catalyst? Yeah, park run. Yeah, so uh, so twenty twelve obviously the Olympics got into running, find Strava, sort of did a lot of stuff on my own. Uh, headphones in my ears sort of just out and back around the block uh, and then going into 2013 before I discovered Parkrun uh, I signed up to the the local half marathon here 
Um, and as part of that, about three or four weeks before, um, there was an advert in one of the emails from the event, um, which said that there was going to be there was going to be a talk with um, Chrissy Wellington and Steve Jones, and it was it was going to be held at a local running club near us. Um, and I thought, oh, that looks cool. Uh, I'd love to go and get some inspiration. Training's gone well. I'd love to go and see some pros. Uh, and part of that was you could run beforehand with the running club. Yeah. So I went, I went and turned up sort of all nervous and excited. Uh, we had great Western runners and um, yeah, joined one of the sort of the beginners group. Uh, and I was about probably, it was a lush day, summer's day, really nice, about 30 of us running around the local, the local downs. And, and then, yeah, sat down and watched this really, really inspiring talk. And I, I think I, I joined the running club the next week. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and yeah, haven't really looked back. So that was that was kind of the first sort of catalyst. Um, I don't think I discovered. I didn't think I did my first park run until the year after 2014. Um, and then yeah, that was a, that was another level altogether, really. Yeah, yeah. So that running club, you're still a member of? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. The first sort of few few years, sort of just. Um, just a member, sort of making friends, taking parts in lots of local events. Uh, and then, yeah, met my partner at the running club as well. And we, we've we both become sort of integral parts of it. So I'm sort of the club secretary. She's the club chairperson. And yeah, we're very involved now. It's sort of one of yeah. the biggest in our lives, really, kind of organising the running club. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's that's, a, that's an awesome story. Hey, um, so I think I got it right. You're in Bristol. Yeah. In England, yep. Um, so what's the running scene like there? Is there is there much of a running culture or yeah, I think so. Uh yeah, the, there's quite a few clubs in Bristol. Um the running scene is brilliant. There's lots of park runs as well. I think we've got at least four or five within sort of two or three miles of us. Uh I mean the average attendance at the park runs is over sort of five hundred at some mm. of them. Um our running club has got over 200 members. Uh, the main running club in Bristol has probably got at least a couple of thousand. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I feel like the running club scene for our level is is really, really good. Uh, I feel like there's plenty, when out of COVID times, I feel like there's plenty going on uh, and the, the scene is really, really positive, really nice. So um, yeah, sort of going forward, obviously you, you, you got into the running club, did did some races, started to get some sort of semi-formal or formal training. And then, um, yeah, you, you managed to. So when you signed up, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you had your PBs of a 16.53 5K. This would have been in mid-August. So obviously a couple of time trials after that we can talk about. But uh, 16.53, 34.42 over the 10, half of 77. I'm not sure how many seconds there, but uh, and then a marathon 257. So, um, I guess you wanted to improve on those times, had some goals in mind, and, and landed on the Run to PB website. Well, yeah, th th those are kind of like a lot of those PBs are my PBs now. When I when I first joined the the running club, uh, I remember my my targets at the time were I really really wanted to run a sub 25 minutes for 5k. Uh, which which I eventually did, I think, at a park run. And then that kind of went on. I really wanted to run 40, sub 42 for 10K. 
and then it grows. I really, really wanted to run a sub 90 for the half. Uh, and these were all goals at the time, back in 2012, 2013, I thought I'd never achieved. They were sort of lifetime goals. Um, and over the kind of, over the years, sort of 2013, 14, 15 into 17, uh, I managed, yeah, like you say, I managed to get my 5k PB down from sort of circa 25 minutes to sub 17 and my half marathon time is now 117. And, um, yeah, I, I remember having chats with my mate in the pub probably 10 years ago saying like, oh, how, how do people run sub three? How, how is yeah. that possible? I remember my, my first ever marathon, which was the, the Brighton Marathon, uh, which I think was in 2015. Uh, I ran 320 with very, very little training and expectations. Uh, and that was really, that was another kind of catalyst and another kind of movement forward to kind of realizing that sub three might actually be a possibility. And that was very much my, my lifetime goal. I really, really wanted to run a sub three. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny what running can do with your goals and how you kind of can just keep improving and, you know, you, you set a benchmark, you, you break it. And then you, you know, the next day you're just like, okay, I think I can go a bit better. <laughs> um, just constantly kind of looking forward and improving and, uh, you're a testament to that, given where your, your PVs have landed. And, um, yeah, it's a very, um, very cool story that uh, of, of where you started and where you are now. And and I guess now with your the last six, seven months with Run to PB, it's obviously, like I mentioned earlier, um, signing up in the midst of the pandemic. And you guys are obviously still doing it pretty tough over there. Um, how What's been happening now with, your, with the last, I guess, with your training with Brady and, were there some changes that he made, uh, you know, having a coach? I was particularly online as well. Obviously, Brady's based in, in Victoria here in Australia and you're over in Bristol. How has that been for you? Yeah, I'd, it was a big step for me. Um, I made a lot of progress sort of 2013 through to 2017. And then throughout 2017, almost to 2019, really, I feel like I feel like I kind of plateaued a bit and I, I certainly fell out of love with the sport at times um, and I knew with my 5k to half marathon times that my my marathon time although this is the classic runner creature response although three hours at a time was a lifetime goal for yeah. me um, as soon as I hit it my dreams and my expectations changed entirely almost minutes after yeah. Um, so yeah I, I felt like I got to 2020 feeling a little bit kind of stagnant and wanting something to kind of push on um and the pandemic and covid it, it certainly meant that we all had an awful lot more time to to do things like other than work which meant a lot more time to run uh, i've been listening to inside running for years and brady for years on the on the podcast in my ears and uh my partner kelly she she joined up to a coach uh, during COVID uh, and she'd progressed leaps and bounds and uh, she'd really found like a new sort of sense of passion for running and like a, um, like an accountability uh, essentially yeah. Um, so yeah so for me that that was what made me take the big step and yeah the reason I didn't kind of go local or go and go sort of scouring the internet or sort of seeking the advice I thought if I'm going to do it I want to go straight for somebody who's properly sort of inspired me and sort of been in my ears somebody who I've listened teach me about running probably more than anybody sort of yeah. you know I 
to to you guys and inside running and marathon talk and various other podcasts at, at certain times in my life for sort of 10 to 15 hours a week um so yeah i may as well go for something i really really want so that was that was how i transitioned and found found you guys and went for a coach really yeah no that's awesome hey um and you signed up knowing you know in that middle of august the guess how did that chat with brady go going you probably couldn't pencil in any races um yeah i mean yeah, good point. it's challenging i know we we did a lot of time trials over here in in australia where we're fortunately you know even in december we started to get races going but your sign up in august did you chat to brady about what you were targeting or what what the plan was so a big thing for me was at the start of lockdown, I was the only thing I, I could do was run. So I was probably overrunning and doing too much, a bit of banter and a little bit of a few niggles. And I was doing way too much and running way too hard. Had a bit of a break. And then towards the end of the summer, when I signed up to you guys, I thought, right, this lockdown is going to go on for an awful lot longer. I really want to use it to get some structure and really improve my base and get ready for when things come back to normal. Um, so yeah, that that was the timing really. I had no expectations initially with short-term goals. Um, I explained to Brady in the um, the sign-up sheet on the website sort of what my my new lifetime goal is and how I it's a it's a long sort of five to ten year plan. Uh, and how yeah, joining you guys was mainly about sort of finding some structure and some some decent teachings really. Um, but then I understand you did end up putting together a bit of a, a lockdown uh, marathon. Was that, um, yeah, what about the, uh, so that was something you guys could lead up to and have a target. I guess I know when, uh, you know, when, when the pandemic was, when it was tough here as running in COVID, it, it was like you train and train, but there was no real, you know, end goal or race. So locking these things in, it really did give you that extra sense of pur purpose when you're out doing the sessions and, when it gets tough. So did you set that up with some friends or tell us about that one? It's really funny because the previous sort of two or three months, probably three or four months before the, the time trial in December, uh, I'd spent a lot of time with my friends on the podcast, kind of poo-pooing the idea of doing a time trial, <laughs> suggesting that I didn't think it was the best idea to, to race yourself out of race season and during COVID. I'd, I didn't think it was great. And then I had to massively eat my words when <laughs> all of my peers and my friends who six months previously I'd been racing against and beating at certain races were sort of putting times on Strava, which were unbelievable, like ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous progress. I thought, I'm going to get lost here. I'm going to get left behind if I, yeah. if I do something. So <laughs> I, spoke to, I spoke to Brady about it because I was a little bit concerned about doing a marathon as a TT. Uh, mm. I think a 10K is pretty pretty straightforward there's not a lot of damage you can do with that depending on your fitness and your shape um but I sort of I said to him like the whole point of me sort of starting training and building a base was going on to the overall goal my favorite event is the marathon so I wanted to, to use the training and the TT as kind of a base really a fitness goal I wasn't overly fussed about the time my initial goal was I'd really really love to run what was my lifetime goal a sub three hour marathon in training i'll be happy yeah. with 
259 and change so mm. so yeah that was the original goal and yeah as it turned out it managed to absolutely annihilate that in the end which was which was great a great great kind of selling factor of of the plan and the training for sure yeah so you had what was the course like did you set one up locally and just do loops set so we did up. so it's a really strange thing to describe to someone who's never <laughs> ran but we, we've got a seven mile out and back stretch which essentially runs alongside almost a motorway you've okay. got cars screaming past you at 70 miles an hour sometimes but it's it's pancake flat it's proper wide pavement and you've got this beautiful clifton suspension bridge um, halfway through the gorge uh and it's it's the center of bristol it's where our 10k is it's where our half marathon is so um yeah it, it's not uh it's not a loop it we we used kind of the flattest mile and a half section out and back. So we did we did the 5K, we did, I did a little run, I did a couple of miles to the start of it. And then I did that out and back eight times. And um, yeah, at the time COVID rules allowed for you to exercise with five other people. Okay. So, so from halfway, I had five absolute stellar mates, including yeah. my who was on the bike, feeding me water and gels who, who were absolute, legends at pacing and yeah we saw it saw it through together it was great really really cool awesome and what did you end up running 250 and a few seconds oh wow yeah absolutely <laughs> mental yeah yeah <laughs> I remember seven minutes <laughs> i remember when brady <laughs> mentioned that and uh yeah it was just like wow this is a massive run in uh in long and we've seen that you know i think a lot of, I mean, even globally at the, the top end level, there's a lot of people have come out and run some big times because they've been able to just zero in on their training and focus and not sort of go, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows of when you do a lot of racing. So, yeah, it's, um, and it hopefully bodes well for, you know, this year where things are hopefully looking like you guys can start to, to get out and do a, a bit more racing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's the hope, really. Well, yeah. Given, given that course, maybe, um, well, Q Gardens worked out pretty well for Chris Thompson, but uh, maybe yeah, that could have been the second choice for you for them to use. <laughs> yeah, having that there would have been would have been super cool. But uh, yeah, Chris Thompson and what was essentially the Olympic qualifying TT uh, on on Friday, Carl. Uh, if you needed any inspiration to to dig deep in a kind of non traditional racing yeah. occasion, uh, the, the the women's performance and the men's, both of them combined, were just phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I know the reward at the end of it was going to the Olympics, but it was still completely different to a yeah. traditional race day. I mean, even down to the amount of competitors, the way it was set up, yeah. getting how how the athletes get themselves up to do those sort of times and performances is yeah, it's it's, in, yeah. it's inspiring, totally inspiring. Yeah, actually, I want to I'll, I'll pick your brain a little bit later on that because I I, I I love that. I watched the um the last few miles and just the way it was, yeah, we'll, we'll chat a little bit, but I just want to continue on with your running journey and um, off the back of that Mara, did you have some sort of post-marathon blues or was it more because it was a time trial? It wasn't like that massive field where you're putting a lot of expectation, but I know when you have those those big highs and the highs of a PB, did you then have to sort of do the recovery and then start setting your sights on something else? Yeah, yeah. Um... It's, it's probably the first marathon where I feel like I, or the first marathon distance, I feel like I absolutely nailed it. So 
I didn't have any blues whatsoever. Uh, and it's the first marathon where I've been coached. So normally the next day and the next week, I would spend it running, carrying on. But um, having a coach and sending you guys cash, I was keen to do as I was told. And I was to do nothing for a week, um, which was really, really nice. So instead of kind of testing my my body and making it push through it and carrying on with running which i would do inevitably i spent a lot of time in the next kind of week to 10 days reflecting on the journey uh, the achievement in itself and and recovering which i think both physically and mentally was the best thing i've done post-marathon um it's the first time i've done it as well i think i took seven days off for the first time in like two or three years certainly after a marathon so um huge and it it, more than anything it sorted me out mentally it helped me take stock of what i'd achieved um yeah and it it gave me a bit of time to to set up some some new goals as well so yeah yeah yeah. i think as well as it's it's one of the hardest things we do is 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 wanting to rest wanting to recover and 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 just i think we've got this this feeling like we've got to be pushing ourselves. We've got to be, we're stubborn. We've got to be out there and we've, you know, we're, and yeah, at that time when someone can actually say, Hey, actually just take some time, enjoy it, soak it in. And then it's a good reset and you actually come back hungrier. You know, you sort of go, okay, I've now had that rest. Even if you, it's like take a few days off. And even after those few days, when you feel like you can run, take another few days. Like it just, it really, you know, I think it propels you forward because you can, that mindset of, race 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 and then what's next what's next can can be a bit oh you know you don't actually enjoy the pbs then um, yeah for sure so yeah um look we, we touched on a little bit earlier about the, the covid situation how is it now so you were able to do that sort of lockdown marathon um what are the current restrictions like from uh, i guess personal point of view and also running wise so post-marathon it looked sorry post-marathon time trial it looked as though as a country we were we were making progress and you could almost start planning for normal times and from a running perspective that meant proper racing etc etc um however the country just took a massive nosedive uh, and we took massive steps back going into the christmas period um so it just meant no races on the radar for three, four, five months. So it was kind of straight back to square one, really. Um, and based on the success of the time trial, uh, my friends who took part, they were all keen to do another one and kind of have a go themselves. Um, and I was a little bit apprehensive. Uh, and so was Brady. Um, I don't think he wanted me to really have a go at doing something again in the same conditions. Um, so I was kind of teeing up the idea of maybe a 10K time trial or a half marathon time trial. Um, but yeah, to go back to, to your question, um, things have started to get better in the last kind of six weeks or so. Uh, we've made a lot of progress as a nation, especially in regards to kind of vaccinating and getting our heads around what we need to do in public. Uh, and from a, from a running perspective, uh, what that means now is there are a lot of COVID safe races around the corner. And so my next target and goal and what I latched onto probably 12 weeks ago now, um, there's a local time trial again. So very similar to what I did in December, 
but this one will have competitors. So you'll either be let off every sort of 10 seconds or okay. groups of six. So it's a marathon distance. It's a five mile pancake flat loop, very, very similar to what I did in December, but with the added kind of excitement and kind of race feel of people yeah. being. So that's kind of what made me commit to that again. So is that a club that's putting that on? Yeah. So one of the, um, one of the local organizations, I think it's Rogue Runs, uh, who had a lot of success in one of the better times back in August, September at putting on COVID safe events. They're, they're organizing it again. So it's very, very low key. There'll be mm. 300 people there max. Okay. Uh, it'll be very, very COVID safe. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's, it's all about the kind of the running club scene. It's not one of these Massive. major yeah. events with sort of 10, 15,000, which is just impossible at the moment. Mm. You won't for a few months here. Yeah. It's similar to, I mean, we're, we're getting events back here now and, you know, Gold Coast Marathon is, is 12, 14 weeks away, which is, you know, the, probably the second biggest marathon in this, or one of the, up there with Melbourne in terms of the bigger, bigger major marathons here in Australia. Um, so that's, that's all looking good at this, you know, touch wood, that's all looking good. And we did see a return with events just, um, yeah, slowly coming back that way and then back to, as, as the restrictions ease and, you know, we're, we're, super fortunate in where we are in, a, in Australia that we're in the position we're at. So, uh, yeah. And look that marathon. So what, four weeks, is it three, four weeks out? Yeah. I think it's four weeks today. Yeah. Yeah. Four weeks today. Um, been training my marathon block is probably, I'm probably five or six weeks into the, the block at the moment. Uh, but sort of started building up the base back end of December. So I only really had sort of three proper weeks off of proper training. Uh, so back to sessions and structured running back end of December. And I think I've strung together a good sort of 14 weeks now. So yeah, it's good. Awesome. And how are you going mileage wise and what, maybe if you want to just quickly take us through your current week structure, I mean, what's that looking like? And are you, are you working from home as well? No. So I, 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 my job is, is classed as essential because we provide materials into like the health sector okay. and various sectors so i'm i'm going to work i'm office based at the moment and it's mm. it's made very covid safe so yeah i've got a normal nine to five okay. space job at the moment so i'm still i'm still going to work at the moment yeah so you've still got the factor in that commute and, and all the rest of it so so yeah your, your current week how's that looking so a week for me normally is around sort of 50, 60 miles a week. Uh, my main sessions are a Wednesday and a Sunday. Um, and then, yes, uh, sort of Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're, they're all very, very easy recovery runs. Um, the Wednesday, Sunday are very, very marathon specific. Uh, yeah, the Wednesday run is quite long at the moment. It's sort of between 12 to 16 miles. I think I've got a 16 miler plan for this Wednesday yeah. coming up. It'll be tough. Nice. And yeah, the last seven or eight Sundays have been, have been 20 milers, uh, oh, 20 miles. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, I was chatting to Kel the other day, my, my partner and a couple of my mates. I think this is the most 20 milers I've done in a, in a plan ever and in a, in a row ever. So yeah, feeling the distance certainly isn't a problem at the moment, but yeah, the, the general structure of the week is sort of 50 to 60 miles with two very specific marathon sessions. And are you able to, I know your partner, you can run with 
Cali, but how is that in terms of doing groups? Do you do sessions with a group or are you just doing them solo anyway? I'd love to do sessions with a group. So as of tomorrow, uh, so as of Monday, which you, you, as of your time, yeah. um, you, you, you can run in a group of six. So you can train oh, cool. with up to six people. So similar to the stipulations back when I did my TT. Um, so for the last few months, the, the rules have been that you've only been able to meet up for exercise with one other person. Um, so yeah, I'd probably spend half the week running with running with my partner Kelly, uh, and then the other runs meeting up with one other friend, depending on who's doing the most relevant session and who wants to dive in and do what. So yeah, I'm really really fortunate that we've got a good group with the running club and with the podcast that there's always somebody who wants to do something similar to. You, so there's always someone that you can go out and do something with. But yeah, at the moment, no group sessions, which is a which is a shame. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a grind in marathon training because you know you a lot of miles and even if you just get an easy run in and a group run it, it's, uh, so yeah, I think hopefully there yeah, the next few few weeks it'll it'll help with that reprieve. Um, yeah, well, we'll be obviously following along to see how that marathon goes. So um, yeah, that is exciting. Um, yeah, changing gears a little bit, we've got um, obviously you mentioned yeah the um, the single malt marathoners. So now that podcast. When did that kick off? And uh, I guess what inspired you to start the podcast? So me and the two friends, two other friends that started it, so me, Sam and James, we've, we've been on about sort of ripping off inside running for, for years. Um, we think it's the best format. It's the best thing to do as runners is to chew the fat and take the mick out of each other. Um, and basically lockdown, I think at least two of the three of us were, were furloughed. So we're being paid to sit at home. Yeah. Uh, the other guy was was working from home so like I said at the start of the podcast we had an awful lot more time to run and not much else so we just did what everybody else was doing at the time and we thought we'll start we'll start a podcast uh, yeah. which seemed to be really popular at the time and um yeah it, the, the whole kind of point of it really wasn't to kind of have any kind of structure to it or kind of message or ethos or inspiration it was really just to give the three of us something to do and have a chat for a couple of hours online um and yeah it's grown now it'll be a year a year's worth of episodes so 52 episodes in a couple of weeks time and i think we would have had 20 plus interviews with sort of olympians to kind of normal runners like me and cal and yeah it's, it's been great it's been really good fun and it's been essential for kind of mental health really <laughs> over yeah. the last sort of keeping us busy and keeping us something to kind of concentrate on other than work and running so although it is very running specific but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and it's great to you know obviously connect with you know your mates and, and chat about running as well as um yeah I suppose with the you all being sort of sub three hours or close to are they all three yeah hours? yeah all, all yeah so yeah Kelly's the only presenter who is yet to join the club so she will <laughs> hopefully in a few weeks time yeah. she's three was in a few seconds but uh oh. she's earned her place in that respect but yeah the, the three of us all had dreams and aspirations a few years ago to be to be sub three runners and um yeah so we're all very very similar ability at the moment awesome yeah and, and, you, and you mentioned you've interviewed some of the biggest big names in, in british running um any key learnings you, you can take away maybe any of the guests that um i'm sure all, all of them have been 
phenomenal in their own way, but any anyone that's had a profound impact on, I guess, on you and your running? But for me, the biggest key learning from <clears throat> kind of, from the last year, really, so from coaching and from sharing so much kind of information with lots of different varying ability runners is how different we all are. Everybody's different and everybody needs to have sort of their own tailored running. So before I sort of, I got a coach and sort of the first kind of two or three years of taking running properly seriously, uh, I was a huge fan of the Fitzinger and Douglas advanced marathoning plan. Uh, and me and my friends, we used to try and follow that to the T and it did work. It did have some successes, but it was so regimented, so kind of inflexible and really quite dangerous when you were tired and fatigued yes. and book, a book can't listen to you. It can't change the plans. It, it can't set your week based on your strengths and your weaknesses. So yeah, going back to your question, the biggest thing I've learned from talking to so many different runners is how different we all are and how we really need to kind of to, to use a very popular phrase in the last year we really do need to be kind to ourselves and kind of be sensible in our planning and make sure that just because it's written down and just because someone else is doing it it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for you mm. yeah and I'll, I'll drop another catchphrase that's been popular is pivot you know i think um yeah as a coach having a coach in your corner and um, being able to have a personalized program because I think um, I'm on the same page there in terms of these training plans and they they serve a purpose but you know a pdf or an app that says hey run this this and this but it doesn't you can't tell the the app or the, the page on, on a book that you're stressed or you've got this at work and these are the other uh, factors that, that come into play and I think um yeah, having a coach, and, and you can hear that from when you speak to when you interview other athletes. That that is the, the key is that they you know it's individualized and everyone's situation is different. And and these past years taught us that <laughs> in a, in a big yeah, way. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I wanted to. Um, yeah, we mentioned about the UK trials and get your thoughts because you've obviously interviewed some some of the. Um, actually, did you have a few competitors that you interviewed on your podcast? Yeah, so yeah, we we had Charlotte Taylor Green, Natasha Cockrum, and Naomi Mitchell. Um, so three ladies that that took yeah. part. Um, yeah, so yeah, they 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 all did really well in in their own in their own right. They didn't necessarily have the the days that they wanted, but um, yeah, we we had them taking part, and we were certainly rooting for rooting for them. Uh, but yeah, the the trials was 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 fab, really really cool. I loved watching it. <laughs> For the listeners that probably weren't across it, so this was set up. Um, how long ago was this set up? Was this a few months ago? Or good question. Members of the public haven't had the greatest insight into it. I think we've probably known about it for maybe two months, maybe okay. three months maximum. Yeah. Um, and early on, I don't think they were a hundred percent set on the course. I think they were yeah. about using the Manchester Marathon course. Thorny Lake, which is another flat circular course around the lake. Um, but I think Hugh Gardens kind of ticked a lot of boxes. Um, yeah, and I'm not, over, not overly sure on the politics of it or the organisation, but one thing for sure, they, 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 they absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Looking at the yeah. coverage, they, they looked like they absolutely nailed it. And um, so the elite race, um, yeah. Do you want to tell us about how that all unfolded? 
Yeah, it's brilliant. So they, they set the men and the women off uh, at the same time. Um, I think it was a 5K-ish loop um, and Kew Gardens, which is sort of very enclosed, very sheltered, very flat. I think the only concern was the path was a little bit. Yeah, I saw some of the footage of part of one section, the path got quite narrow, but um, for the other parts, it looked okay. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a problem when people were overtaking, but I mean, they were really great at communicating and there, there yeah. weren't any issues. What, it's pretty what's... respectful runners there, you know, at that level, they know so. they know where they're at. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, the pacers leading out the leading out the guys, you had Callum Hawkins, who's an automatic qualifier, mm. uh, and Jake Smith, who's sort of burst onto the scene. He's absolutely rapid. You had him, yeah. guiding him and the, the lead guys through, and then you had some other sort of rapid local club runners, I think, from the scene, sort of pacing pacing the ladies. And, uh, yeah, it looked really, really kind of competitive till about halfway for the men and the women. Mm. Um, and Steph Davis took off and never looked back. Uh, and Chris Thompson came back almost out of nowhere and took off as well and also never looked back. And, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, really, really inspiring to, to watch because, obviously, Chris Thompson's... 39 he's he's had a baby in the week or his, his wife's had a baby in the week and yeah. um he's been there done that he's totally bring been through the ringer and watching him go about it the way he did and celebrate in the way he did it's just it's yeah. just absolute to what training and running hard and putting your heart and soul into things can can get you yeah from what from all accounts he's going to the Olympics. yeah from all accounts i mean he's he's one of the nice guys of um of, of british running and must have been on the scene for a whole long time. I think was it like 1998 or something. He made a, a world junior team in in the um, in the best, and then now to get that uh, Olympic spot, yeah. And you can, if anyone, um, yeah, wants to, to, we'll put it in the in the show notes. But yeah, watch the last uh, mile, or you know, and then the celebration and the, the raw emotion. It's um, just unbelievable. And yeah, and, and Stephanie Davis, she had a big PB also, didn't she? So yeah, great, great day yeah. of running. Yeah, yeah. Steph Davis, her story is quite inspiring for us normal folk as well, in the sense that she does a normal nine to five job. Um, her body doesn't allow her to do the kind of textbook 100 odd miles a week. I think she spends at least two or three days a week cross training. Uh, and she's only really been on the running scene for sort of two or three years. So, yeah, she's a great testament to, to what this kind of the normal person can, can go on to achieve because, yeah, she's, she's off, to, off to Tokyo. So, fair play. Yeah, and there was a bit of hype around this in, in British running to watch this race. Like, even there hasn't been a lot of events going on. And what's the state of, of British running at the moment? Like, I mean, obviously, the depth is, is getting there. Is, was this yeah, obviously? Good, good question. Um, I think there was a lot of hype surrounding it. Um, there was certainly... I mean, the coverage was fantastic, so that was great because normally... British people certainly the biggest thing we like to moan about is how how the coverage of something is and it's just like oh can we just think about the event and what took place so that was a good thing uh one of the negatives was for one reason or another it was on a Friday morning at eight o'clock um mm. which made it difficult to watch because most of us were at work yeah. Uh, but yeah the state of British athletics I think it's the first time in 40 odd years it's been held as a time trial normally the championships yeah. would or the olympic qualifier would be part of the london marathon race um and i think from uh from a club runner perspective um and sort of a a nerdy sort of 
very marathon specific interest um i think the time trial format is is the way to go um i think it replicates what the olympics is entirely because you have to get yourself up for that one occasion in the same way that you get yourself up for the olympics uh, i think there's enough marathons throughout the course of the year for elites and everybody else to go about their way and try and hit the pbs and the times etc cetera, etc cetera. but I, I i love the the tt format and i think it brings out the the race and yeah for me the times aren't and the times in the kit especially aren't as exciting as the race so what chris thompson sort of break away from barry griffiths and the other chaps that that for me is what it what it's all about that was that was fab yeah, and you're probably across the Australian scene with a recent announcement of our trials, which is a rarity, and, and hopefully that's something they're going to look at in the future to give give athletes a, a crack at a trial, local trial, and also that incentive for, I know this one was probably um, quite limited due to COVID, the, the times, but I know going forward, you know, they've set this one in Australia at 230 for the men and I think um, maybe two fifty for the women to get a get yeah. a spot. So um, yeah, that that sort of second tier sub elite um, going forward will hopefully have a race um, to aim for and you know have a have a go in a trial. So um, we'll we'll see all that 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 unfolds. How, how have you guys taken to that idea over there? Are you on board with it? Are you keen? Yeah, I mean there was a lot of conjecture here because of the the lack of um, communication around when this one was announced. So people like myself okay. would have been, would have been up for it if I'd known, um, you know, a lot longer out. And you kind of know if other people, if a whole group of, you know, athletes of the same ability know and they're all targeting it, it makes sense to go for it. And this one just, um, you know, due to a number of circumstances, wasn't communicated um, early enough that people couldn't get involved. But I think going forward, um, absolutely, I'm, I'm keen if there is a race that, because I've traditionally gone over and done um, like BWA and, and races that have that bit more depth around your time. So to have an option in Australia and, and some of these races in Japan are, are getting, you know, I saw Fukuoka's being canned and uh, like BWA's being canned. So the, the, the options going forward might be a bit more limited. So hopefully, yeah, the governing bodies can kind of um, support the support support the sport in that sense going forward. For sure, I mean, money talks, doesn't it? It's the yeah. kind, of, it's the mass participation which is bringing in the pound notes. But I think there needs to be room or space for the for the elites and for the the high end times, and they, you need these events set up for for competition and for improvement. So yeah, yeah it's what we'll tune into when we watch. Olympics and World Championships, and yeah, if you haven't got the the events surrounding that, then you, it's difficult to build a platform off it. I suppose it is, yeah. And even on a small scale, people like yourself, people who are going out in the, into the running community and doing podcasts, shining a light on these athletes that don't get a lot of recognition. Uh, it's all it's all playing its part. So, you know, we just need to keep all as a as a group trying to grow the sport. And uh, yeah. it's tough when you're competing against the big big sports you know, your football over there and getting coverage and getting space is in, in the media it's, it's really tough yeah. um actually brady did mention a question to talk to you uh, uh something to bring up and that was uh your views on the super shoe and i have a good source that he said that um you are refusing to wear them is that true <laughs> oh, i'm not refusing he's determined <laughs> for me to to have a go in it i mean we 
I, again, similar to time trials, I, I've, I've sort of had to eat my words a little bit over the last sort of six months. I'm not 100% anti the, the super shoes. When it, when it comes to me specifically, uh, based on my 10K and my half marathon time, I still feel like I've got an awful lot of room for improvement in the marathon. Uh, I think the time will come when I turn to the super shoe when I need it, if that makes sense. So yeah. I feel like I've, I've plateaued again uh, and I've ticked the box in regards to I've got a coach, I've got decent nutrition, uh, I'm healthy, I've got good S&C, et cetera, et cetera. What box do I need to tick now? What step do I need to take now to make the difference? Yeah. That would be when I look to experiment. Uh, I guess my obsession and fascination is very kind of old school, kind of Ron Hill, Steve Jones, sort of, and just, yeah, just just doing it kind of in in the way it was done. And I I don't kind of reflect those opinions and criticise anybody else for their choices. Uh, I might have a joke privately in the pub with a couple of pints, but (laughs) if, if somebody wants to run around with a metal plate in their shoe, then yeah, why, why not? Let go, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's always it's it's a great talking point as well over the, the last um, few years. I think it it has uh, whether it's been a good yeah. You know, I think it's been a good thing that the sport's been able to have that. Even the the general punter has now been starting to sort of talk about things, and and technology has played a role in that. And yeah, and I guess they're at least getting into some level of um, rulings or regulations that athletes, so it's not so rogue that people are just putting it, you know, experimenting and wearing prototypes and all the rest of it. I think at least there in that level, there is some level of consistency there. I guess politically, my only hang up on it is whenever there's a big occasion in the running world, the, the headline is always what shoes were they wearing? Uh, I, you can you can relate to this massively because you guys do a podcast as well. But the first thing we want to find out from the guest is what is what are they training for? What are their dreams? What are their goals? What are their influences? What makes them get out of bed and go for a run at five o'clock in the morning, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. The last thing we want to know about is what kit they're wearing. It's still important, but if you want to improve kind of participation in the sport and interest in the sport. I don't think it should be the headline. Yeah, uh, I think with with all of these products being available to everybody now, like you said, even the everyday punter, I just I, I just don't think it's as interesting as no. the competition itself. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think now hopefully we're seeing it a bit more normalised that it, it isn't the headline. So yeah, people do just start to then go, okay, it's all the other things that all the other factors because everyone else has got access to the shoes. So let's just talk about them as a person and, and how they've trained and, and their feet, um, not literally their feet, but <laughs> their feet's on the, on the running track or on the road, running road. But um, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I suppose it's better to be talking about that than what drugs they're on. <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. We'll see. Yeah, there's sure, be something, uh, something new in the future that will be, no doubt uh, picking apart but yeah mate it's uh it's been great to catch up with you um it's you know obviously brady was was keen for us to connect and it's, it's a great story with with what you're doing with the podcast as well in there but also um you know in, in the times that 
of COVID and being able to at least get out and do a time trial and, and, and a phenomenal run there. But yeah, hopefully things are looking uh, a little, little bit brighter over there with um, some restrictions easing and, and hopefully races will start to, to come back and a bit more normality. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on, mate. It's, uh, it's been really cool to be on the other side of the desk. Once, yeah. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed chatting, running with you. It's been great. Yeah, it's been great, mate. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be following uh, over the next few weeks and we'll post something up um, on our socials with um, how your result goes. And yeah, I know a lot of listeners will be uh, will definitely be keen to follow that one. Cool. Cheers. Nice one. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to episode 45 of the Better With Running podcast. Yeah, I hope you uh, really enjoyed my chat with John Cox. It's great catching up with him and learning about his running journey. And uh, yeah, no doubt, we'll, obviously, Maddie will put that in the show notes, um, some of his details, obviously, the single malt marathon as podcast, but also, um, yeah, you can follow him on Strava and uh, follow his progress as he leads into that marathon. Yeah, no, thanks. For, yeah, thanks, John, for, for jumping on having a having a chat. And yeah, ex- exciting times to hopefully see some more well, races, well, some races popping up over there. And I you know he's yeah, done some done that 250, was it? That time trial. Uh, yeah, super amazing, impressive. Man. So yeah, he's obviously finding a good groove and yeah, but he's looking forward to hopefully things opening up so I can yeah, get some get some races in. And Matty, uh, next week we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be able to chat about your run at Hobart, um, whether we can do, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get you on. I know you're going to be travelling around, so we may even have a guest uh, host, but we'll, I'll definitely be getting in touch to, to hear the, the lowdown um, firsthand of how it all went. Yeah, hopefully in between bakeries, we should be, um, should be right <laughs> on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get the Bluetooth uh, yeah. out, mate, we'll be right. Yeah, refueling and yeah, get the Bluetooth started. And um, yeah, yep. I'm sure Gemma will be able to chime in as well. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Because um, she's running the 10K. Oh, so. I see. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Oh, awesome, mate. Um, yeah, but again, yeah, thank you for all the listeners who are um, obviously, um, we're also getting some questions coming through on the socials, which is great. Keep them firing through. We're going to do some of them. Um, we'll probably have time for one next week. And um yeah what else have we got coming up matt um oh yeah we're yeah looking at some uh some marathon marathon talk yeah the marathon chat yeah mm-hmm. chat um, yeah yeah looking forward to that uh especially with obviously hobart um yeah not far away we'll, we'll be after hobart and probably after canberra mm-hmm. as well but yeah it looks like gold coast marathons going to be um yeah exceptionally big this year um yeah, so it'd be good to, to jump on with some of the other run to bb coaches and, and talk all things marathoning. Well, that's enough from us, Matty. But, uh, yeah, thanks again for listening and joining us on your run and enjoy the rest of your run. Yeah, I hope you are, yeah, lapping up the, the, the last bit of your run. <laughs>